0: and gentlemen the brit pack is back my name is simon head hope you're well wherever you're listening to this i'm very much in recovery mode after a double header of through the night sessions covering bellator for bbc sport it's been an absolutely packed week of fights this past week and on today's show i'll take you on a whistle stop tour through it all but before we get things kicked off have got a little bit of housekeeping to bring you about the show and it's good news the brit pack now has a new format more content than ever coming your way. After each weekend, I'm gonna bring you the early week show that we normally do. Uh, We'll call it the Rundown, where I will recap the best of the past week in MMA and highlight the performances of British fighters on the global stage along the way. We've also got a brand new video show titled The Brit Pack United Nations. That will feature a round table chat on all things MMA, sports, an Anglo-American pop culture with the OGs of MMA Junkie Radio and the Triple G show, Gorgeous George and Goes. And as well as those two shows, I'll also look to throw in a few fight week specials when I'm back on the road covering events as well. And uh, I'll look to drag a special co-host onto the pod every now and again, and maybe even chuck in the odd feature interview or two. So lots coming your way on this feed. Also, I've streamlined how you can stay on top of everything that's going on. Everything will now live in one place. The BritPackMMA.com is the only place you need to go. No need to subscribe to a bunch of different platforms. Everything you need is going to be right there. Of course, the audio podcast will be available via all the major podcasting platforms as per usual. So if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all of that will remain as is. So do not worry about that. I'm stepping away from YouTube. We don't need YouTube. Everything is going to live on the BritpackMMA.com. So everything will live there. If you haven't subscribed to that site yet, please do. It will help support me and help support the show. And it makes sure that every time we put out uh, a podcast or a piece of video content, you'll get an email direct to your inbox to let you know that there's something new for you to check out. And in addition to the shows themselves, I've also started to drop some news onto the Britpack website as well. Now, I'm not going to cover the entire world of MMA on that particular website. That will just focus on British fighters on the global stage, plus the major events that are taking place right here on British soil. So to make sure you don't get spammed with too many emails in the week, we'll make sure that those stories won't get mailed out to you every time I put something on the website. They'll just be on the website. So make sure you keep the Britpack, MMA.com bookmarked and give it a visit throughout the week. And of course, if you want to stay in touch on the socials, you can certainly do that. Follow us on Twitter, the Britpack MMA. You can also follow me at Simon Head on Twitter. I'm on Instagram as well, at Simon Head Sport. That's all the housekeeping dealt with. Let's crack on with the show. And what a week we've just had. I know the UFC Fight Night event on Saturday night maybe wasn't. The highest caliber event you've ever seen in the world. But the week as a whole delivered an absolute smorgasbord of combat sports goodness. And it all kicked off midweek with PFL One. That is now live on Channel Four and its related platforms here in the UK, which makes it a hell of a lot easier for everybody on this side of the pond to watch. And the first regular season show of the year had two Brits on the card. Simeon Powell who managed to earn himself a spot on the PFL roster just one week or two weeks earlier, he was the first fight of that PFL one card. He's not actually on the roster for the $1 million light heavyweight tournament, but they're featuring him much as they did with Brendan Lockname when, when he first signed, uh, they're featuring him in some non-season bouts, if that makes sense. And uh, he knocked out American Clinton Williams with 22 seconds left with a, a superb knee up the middle. Uh, had still a little bit of adversity early on in that fight, but really came on strong. And the, you know, the longer the fight went on, the better Simeon Powell got and uh, picked up a really, really impressive win on what was his full PFL debut. Someone else made full PFL debut was formerly UFC lightweight Scotland's Stevie Ray. but He didn't quite work out quite as well. For, uh, for Braveheart. He lost out on the scorecards. He's actually in the lightweight season, um, but he ended up, unfortunately, uh, losing out to Alexander Martinez in his first season bout. Uh, puts him a little bit behind the eight ball. He will need a win and probably a finish in his second regular season fight to give himself a shot at the playoffs. But we've seen Stevie Ray finish fights before. We've seen him come from behind in fights before. So do not rule out the Scott. Also, there was a lot of ring rust and a lot of inactivity to sort of get out of his system. That was his first fight back after like three years. And, uh, he looked competitive in that fight. I think maybe just, he was in a situation where Martinez was perhaps a little bit more active throwing a little bit more stuff. And, uh, I think Stevie will look back at that fight and, uh, he'll come back a lot better for his second assignment in the PFL. Good fun show to watch. I mean, the fights themselves were all really good. Uh, plenty of, plenty of, uh, really good action especially that 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 main event Clay Collard and Jeremy Stevens was an absolute barn burner of a fight to uh to really give the PFL a, a good flying start to their 2022 season i love the league format makes what they do a little bit different and it makes the fights a little bit more intriguing to watch every fight you watch within that season structure counts towards something points are up for grabs and because you only get two regular season fights you can't afford to be dropping points and if you do, you've really got to come back strong in your second fight. PFL 2 is coming up this week. Brendan Lochnane is going to be on on that card. We all know how well he did and how close he got to winning that $1 million check last year in the featherweight tournament. Uh, he kicks off um, his campaign this week. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on uh, this week. And Stuart Austin, British heavyweight, former Bama heavyweight champion, if I remember rightly. He is... On the, uh, on, on the PFL2 card. In the main event against defending heavyweight champion Bruno Capaloza, they do not give him an easy way in to his PFL debut. They've given him the toughest guy on the roster, the defending champion. So uh, best of luck to the Brits at PFL2, which I think takes place this Thursday night. Last week was Wednesday. This week it's Thursday. Bit of a movable feast. For those of you looking for it on Channel 4, what they have done is they showed, based on what they did last week, they showed the main card on Channel 4 itself and they showed the prelims on YouTube. I've got to be honest, the feed that they took was pretty bad. It was really choppy. It was quite hard to watch. It eventually sorted itself out by the time we got to the last couple of fights. But once we got onto onto the TV, uh, obviously it was a smoother silk. And what they're doing with, with Brendan's fight, they're actually bringing his fight forward. So it's the main card opener. So even if you can't make it all the way through to the main event which would be a shame if you're a Stuart Austin fan um you can catch Brendan Locknine as the first fight up on that preliminary on on that uh, main card he was going to be the co-main i think but uh, they've moved they've moved him further down the order so that fans staying up late can uh, can watch him and then get some sleep but uh, that is definitely one to set your set your DVR your Skybox whatever it is to record the events are really nicely put together that was the midweek offering last week then on friday friday lunch times are one championship if you're here in the uk one championship shows are great because you can put them on just before your lunch break just have them running in the background especially if you're working remotely you can just have it running away quietly off to the side on a on another device and they always seem to deliver. There's always something crazy. There's always something fun. Michael Chavello and Mitch Chilson are a brilliant commentary duo. Always turn things up to 11. It's great fun to watch and listen to. And what what we saw this past week, will it's going to take a long time before I forget what, what happened in that event. Because Liam Harrison, England's own, Leeds' his own, Yorkshire's own Liam Harrison, produced one of the most incredible performances in one of the maddest fights I think I've ever seen. Um, I know this is predominantly an MMA podcast, but one championship mixed things up. They show kick bo- they have kickboxing fights, they have Muay Thai fights, they have grappling contests. This Muay Thai fight between Liam Harrison and the former Lumpini stadium champion, elbow zombie, Muang Thai, PK Sainshaya, usual spelling for those of you out there. That fight was absolutely insane absolutely insane if you haven't seen the fight hit pause on this episode find it on youtube and watch it there's a highlight video actually on the brit pack website if you want to watch it on there um you, the result will get spoiled but it is what it is i'm about to spoil it for you anyway craziest one round fight of the year harrison got dropped twice and he got dropped hard i mean the first one was a head kick that went straight through his guard knocked him down got up took the eight count Walk straight into a straight left hand that decked him again. Harrison looked like he was pretty much done for at that point. One more knockdown would have finished it. You get three knockdowns, in a, three knockdowns in a round. That's a TKO. Game over. Thanks for coming. What do you do if you're on two knockdowns? You've been decked really hard twice. You've taken two eight counts. And it's early in the round. It's probably about halfway through the round, if that. What do you do? Do you get on your bike? Do you sort of leg it and sort of stay at range and try and work on the jab? until you get to the stall and sort of reset the knockdown scoreline for the the, the second round and then go again. Not if you're Liam Harrison. Liam Harrison bites down on the mouthpiece, says, I'm not having this, steps into the pocket and goes into full-on berserker mode. He drops Wang Tai three times in 30 seconds to get one of the maddest, craziest come-from-behind wins I think I've ever seen. Not only did the fight earn him an incredible win, it earned him a post-fight bonus. They announced during the post-fight interviews in the cage when, they, when they've earned a bonus. And you get some priceless reactions from the fighters. And the bonus is a $50,000, so it's, no, it's it's not exactly a chump change. He got a $100,000 bonus. Chachri Sitchadong that, thought that that was just such an incredible performance and such a mad fight. He gave Liam Harrison a $100,000 bonus. I know he's done that before, but that's been where someone's earned two fifty thousand dollars bonuses, I think $100,000 bonus for Liam Harrison. And on top of that, they then announced that he'd earned himself a shot at the one bantamweight Muay Thai world title. He's won world titles for a number of organizations in his career, Liam Harrison, but this is probably the biggest prize in the sport for him. And he's taken on one of the legends of Muay Thai, the pound for pound great Nongo Guyangadao, who is currently the champion and uh, Liam gets a shot at Nongo at some point later this year. His post-fight interview was an absolute doozy. Have a listen to this.
1: I am here with your winner, Liam Harrison, in what was just the wildest round, Michael says, in striking history. How do you feel? I did an interview with you the other day, and what did
2: I say? What you see is what you get, and what you get is knockdowns, knockouts, blood, sweat, guts, drama, and excitement. I come here on this stage, I want to entertain, and if that doesn't entertain you, nothing will.
1: five knockdowns in the very first round. Take a look at the big screen. What is going through your mind after you got knocked down twice first? Well, the first thing was what the hell was that?
2: Because I blinked and I were on the floor, I was like, eh? what's going on here? And then uh, I got up and I were on the floor again and I thought, right. What more you got to do in a situation like that, you bite down on your gum shield. Listen, I'm from a rough part of Leeds, I'm from LS9. We bite down on our
1: gum shield and we go to war and that's what I did. A war was correct. Your coaches were even kind of saying you should have finished him. But three knockdowns to come back the way you did was absolutely spectacular. Take a look at this, but then to come back the way that you did, what switch was thrown? It woke
2: me up, to be fair. I was still trying to work him out, and the knockdowns, I thought, right, I'm nothing to lose here now. I've just got to go for it, and uh, I'm like ai like a lion. If you injure a lion, it's still more dangerous, and that's what I'm like. If I get hurt in a fight, you won't see me back off. I will stand, and I will
1: fight till he goes down, or I go down. All right, well, I want you to take a look right over there, right? You see that man, see your tongue? Yeah. He just gave you... Not just 50, but $100,000 from the chairman and CEO of New World Championship.
2: I know my fiance is
1: watching this, so that's probably all been spent already, cuz I know what she's like. (laughs) Well, that's not it, my friend. You just earned your shot at the bantamweight king of Muay Thai. And your next opponent inside this circle is gonna be Nung o for the one Bantamweight Muay Thai world title.
2: Can I just say? That performance then, that was not down to a six to eight week camps. That was 23 years of hard work, dedication, sacrifice and determination. And it's been leading me to this moment now. It is my destiny to hold this title, I truly believe that. The greatest title in combat sports. Mr. Chantry, all the one guys, and thank you so much. I love this stage, I love it. And listen, I'm under no illusions at the minute. I'm coming towards the back end of my career. All this, all this ain't gonna work soon. I'll be a gammy little old geezer in a wheelchair who won't be able to get out of bed. But right now, I am a beast, so don't have me waiting too long. Let's get me back out there. I'm ready to entertain the world.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the beast! Liam the hitman Harrison!
0: So there you go. Liam Harrison, unbelievable stuff, mad fight, great interview, and uh, definitely someone to keep an eye on follow that man he's been in in and around Muay Thai for years Muay Thai doesn't get a whole lot of coverage I mean I can't say I've covered it too much myself it's been very much MMA uh, for me but the fact that it's part of these one championship shows you can't not watch these fights they are some of the most exciting fights on the card every single time and uh, to see a Brit doing the business is absolutely superb if you're not into if you're not fully into championship yet can't recommend it enough it usually gets underway just before lunchtime UK time the fights are always good fun. As I say, you've got a mix of MMA, kickboxing, Muay Thai, and have started uh, working in grappling bouts as well, which is which is a nice change of pace as well. Certainly a bit different from what we're used to watching with the UFCs and your Bellators and so on. So I'll keep you up to date with what's going on with one championship, as well as keeping a special out for the Brits involved across the different disciplines under the one championship banner. Great MMA bout on that card as well, by the way. Jared Brooks, the monkey god submitted, the number one contender at strawweight, Bokang Masanyahe. He's now the number one contender. He's the pole, He's in pole position for a shot at Joshua Passio and the one strawweight title. That's going to be a great fight. Passio is, is, is pretty, he's pretty useful, I've got to be honest. But the way Jared Brooks is fighting, I don't think there's another fighter in his weight class who can touch him right now. I think that championship is his to claim. Unless um, Passio can do something pretty special. But yeah, fun event. You can rewatch the whole thing via One Championship's YouTube channel. Well worth checking out. After One Championship, it was time for some Bellator action. Friday night saw Bellator 278 from the Blaisdell Centre in Honolulu, Hawaii. The first of a doubleheader this past weekend. And uh, one of the reasons why I'm still somewhat knackered at the start of this week. Main event in this one was uh, about for the women's 125 pound title. Undefeated champion Juliana Velasquez taking on Liz Carmu. She was making her fourth tilt at a world title. Don't forget Liz, the first female fighter to ever set foot in the UFC octagon when she took on Ronda Rousey, her being the the blue corner. She was the first one in the cage and uh, she came not too far off submitting Ronda Rousey in that fight. She had a really nasty face crank on Ronda in that fight before Ronda was able to sort of uh, chuck her off the back and eventually got the armbar and won that fight. She also holds a win over Valentina Shevchenko, as Liz, from earlier in her career. And she got a rematch with Valentina in the UFC for the flyweight title. Wasn't able to get that one done. Prior to the UFC, she fought Marlos Kunin for the strike force title, came up short in that one. So this was probably her last chance at getting a world title, you could argue. She's certainly in the veteran stages of her career. Took on Juliana Velasquez, and she got the win. Four forty-seven, round four, elbows from the crucifix position. Now, all of that on paper looks and sounds absolutely great. Huge props to Liz Carmouche. I think someone who has been a real trailblazer and pathfinder uh, in the sport, not just for women, but for LGBTQ athletes as well. A real, a real role model, and a former, uh, say, former U.S. Marine. You're never a former Marine; you're a Marine, right? She, she's a U.S. Marine, and uh, to do what she did in front of a crowd packed with service men and women in the Blaisdell Center in Honolulu, they let a load of uh, military uh, families in for free, and uh, that made for a great, are- a great atmosphere. And Carmouche got a great reception uh, when she entered the arena. Unfortunately, all of that feel good juice if you like around that win was kind of tainted a little bit because the finish looked a little bit early there's no doubt about it it was a little bit early Mike Beltran the ref uh, perhaps could have let that go a little bit longer and I know there was a lot of backlash about the stoppage at the very end of it I've watched the fight back and I understand I think why Mike Beltran intervened and stopped the fight. Juliana was certainly trapped. She was in a crucifix. She wasn't getting out of that position. She wasn't showing any signs of getting out of that position. The issue, I think, was with the fact that Liz was not landing particularly damaging strikes and hadn't landed that many at the point that the stoppage was actually uh, was actually made. I think if Beltran had left it another five or six seconds and Liz had landed in a five or six clean elbows, I don't think we'd be having this conversation right now. Um a tad early perhaps, but you know, give me, give me a thousand early ones instead of one late one. I kind of tried to explain how I viewed the situation on uh, on a thread on Twitter, if you want to check that out. But basically you've got to look at what the ref's looking at. And I think what the ref saw was a fighter who was completely trapped, was unable to improve her position and was taking clean shots to the head. Um, Some people would argue that there were only 13 seconds left in the round. As a ref, I don't really think the clock should be that much of a determining factor in your decision-making. You should be judging the action as you're looking at it and the actions or inactions, as appropriate, of the fighters. And for that reason, I think that while the stoppage, I think, was early, I don't think it was egregious, and I don't think it was one that um, really should afford Mike Beltran the amount of stick and criticism that he I saw on online for him after that fight. It's a shame for Juliana Velasquez, who was understandably disappointed at how quickly the fight was stopped. She lost her undefeated record. She's lost her title. And uh, she's going to have to work her way back up, potentially. I think Scott Coker said he doesn't mind a rematch. Liz Carmouche said she'd rather face someone different. But at the end of the day, the promoter will be the one making that decision. I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see Carmouche Velasquez 2 back half of this year um, also on that fight card we saw a couple of wild card matchups in the bantamweight grand prix enrique barzola defeating nikita mikhailov via unanimous decision and danny sabatello uh, doing a great job on uh, john lugo handing lugo his first pro loss with an absolutely dominant display sabatello is a real character but we get bellator on the bbc here in the uk and i think the show is put down the feed on like a five or seven second delay so whenever there's a little bit of a uh, choice language on the post-fight interviews what happens is the audio gets cut and we get some sort of white noise instead some sort of random crowd noise just until the uh all the profanity has uh has escaped into the ether and then we're, we're banned the arena audio again we didn't get a word of danny sabatello <laughs> because it was just complete profanity from start to finish Uh, John McCarthy was holding up fingers behind Sabatello's head to count the amount of F bombs he dropped. Um, and he stopped at five. I counted at least seven. So, um, it was only, And you know, I counted seven because thankfully Bellator MMA, their social account, put the interview out, um, unedited on their, on their Twitter feed. So I was able to actually listen to what Danny Sabatello had to say. And, uh, he's, he's must see TV, Danny Sabatello. He is, uh, He's a very, very good wrestler. He's a, he's a nightmare opponent for anybody in that tournament. And uh, he's through as a wild card. Barzola is through as a wild card. So that was the first Bellator event. That was on the Friday night. And that led us in to Saturday night. And Saturday night saw the second leg of that Hawaiian doubleheader, Bellator 279, Chris Cyborg, Arlene Blanco, the rematch. And... Uh, what a fight that was. What a fight that was. Chris Cyborg won the first one via submission. This one was an all-out, drag-out war over the full five rounds. It was a dominant win for Chris Cyborg, but Blenko just would not be would not be stopped in that fight and just kept on coming forwards, was pointing to the middle of the octagon, or sorry, the middle of the Bellator cage, rather, in that final round. And uh, brilliant, brilliant fight. Really good fight and a great showcase for the 145-pound women's division. But for me, the highlight of that event were the two Bellator Bantamweight Grand Prix fights. Uh Pachi Mix versus Kyoji Horiguchi. Horiguchi was the favourite heading in. patchy Mix put on a great performance, showed so much progression from previous fights. We know he's dangerous on the ground, but how is he how is he as a game manager? How is he able to deal with fights that go the distance when he can't? imposes grappling for the entire duration and the answer to that one was he's improved hugely he's done a great job these tournament fights are all five five minute rounds so they're all on the championship and patchy mix deservedly got the unanimous decision over kyoji who was one of the pre-tournament favorites he's out at the first round patchy mix moves on and that was a massive performance from him but the fight that really caught my attention on the lead up Rafian Stotts versus Juan Archuleta. Former champ Archuleta versus former LFA champ, Rafian Stotz. And Stotts is an absolute superstar. I mean, when the way he handled Magomed Magomedov uh, in his previous fight in Bellator told me that he was ready to become a champion. And that's exactly what happened on Saturday night. Great performance from him. Head kick, catches Archuleta ducking in. The knee was what actually connected with Archuleta's temple. That completely knocked him off off, uh, off his equilibrium, badly rocked, down he goes, Stotts goes on, lands some, some pretty tasty elbows on top, fight gets stopped, game over, new champion, interim champion. So now we're in a position where is the interim champion and his teammate, Sergio Pettis, is the champ. And whoever wins this tournament is going to end up with that interim belt, with the championship crown, with a $1 million paycheck and with a guaranteed title shot at Sergio Pettis. Uh, a little bit further down the line, will it be teammate versus teammate? Who knows? I know Stots has been working out in uh, in Las Vegas, and uh, clearly that that that's worked well for him based on the Archer Letter fight. But yeah, he's an absolute superstar. Uh, I nearly said superstar in the making, but I he's a superstar right now. He's a superstar right now. That was a great performance from him. His performance for me was kind the outstanding MMA performance of the weekend, along with Jared Brooks. I thought those two guys were the two best MMA performances of the weekend we also had the UFC on Saturday night brilliant performance from Jessica Andrade standing arm triangle choke historic submission never been seen before in the UFC gets the job done against Amanda Lemos in the first round she's back weight. she's back in the title mix she was up at flyweight and was a solid contender there now she's back at weight. she's an absolute contender there of course former champion and uh, she's back in the mix Great performance from her. Uh, Claudio Puelas defeated Clay Guida by knee bar. Great performance by him. Great to see Macy Barber hitting form again. That's two wins in a row for her. She defeats Montana De La Rosa by unanimous decision. Uh, and then the two Canadian guys on the main card, both producing guillotine choke submissions, almost identical times. Marc-Andre Barrio did it in 2.36 of the first round. Charles Jordan did it in 2.32 of the first round. So great performances from them as well. Pre- the uh, the prelim saw the return of Tyson Pedro, got himself a first round TKO of Ike Villanueva. And uh, the first fight of the night was just plain bizarre. Mike Jackson versus Dean Barry. Irish uh, Dean Barry was has been waiting for this fight for quite some time. And the whole thing was just bizarre. We had... Uh, we had, a, we had a, a spinning heel kick to the nuts, which left Mike Jackson in big trouble, but he spent most of his recovery time having a chat with the ref, which makes you wonder how badly he was hurt. But then a nasty, nasty eye raking uh, by Barry on Jackson left Jackson unable to continue. The, uh, the foul was judged as a deliberate foul. Therefore, Barry on his UFC debut gets disqualified. Uh, this is a guy who was a minus 1100 favorite to win. Uh, And Mike Jackson, who was a plus 700 underdog, anybody who had that betting ticket will have been absolutely dancing around their living rooms because he was given a disqualification victory. He now has a win in the UFC. And there you go. Unbelievable stuff. I don't think you could have predicted what happened in that first fight. It was just plain nuts. But yes, a busy, busy week of fights. And uh, we've got yet more to come. And we will preview those on our next show a little bit later this week but don't forget subscribe at thebritpackmma.com follow at simon head on twitter at SimonHeadSport on instagram everything you need is on that website thebritpackmma.com thank you so much for supporting the show hit us up with any messages and i'll get back to you a little bit later this week